It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Okay, it is another episode of the Parlay Show. I am very excited. This is my first show, and I'm sorry, it's the Urban Parlay. I am the co-host, Terrence Staten. Uh, many of you are seeing me for the first time without my co-host, which is Sandra. She is unable to attend tonight. Unfortunately, she is under the weather, but she has given me all the controls tonight to bring forth this great interview. You guys are in for a treat. I am so excited to be talking about this amazing couple and what they have contributed to the Black culture, especially when you're talking about Black tourism in the hospitality industry. Without further ado, please allow me to introduce to you guys, Miss and Mr. Herbert, Gloria and Solomon. How are you doing today? We're, We're doing well, fine. Terrence, it's thank pleasure you. to be here. Thank you. Great, great. You know, in many circles, people pretty much identify you guys as the godparents of Black tourism and hospitality. Uh, you guys have really carried the mantle when you're talking about the Green Book. Uh, the Green Book, if anybody understands what that is, it was very pivotal in the 1930s, uh, back in the Jim Crow era. Many of our people just could not travel. We were not welcome. We couldn't go to restaurants. We couldn't go to hotels, right? We couldn't board trains. We couldn't catch airplanes. And so Victor Hugo Green was very pivotal in coming about the Green Book as far as creating a roadmap for us where we can navigate through the world. We can cross country and make sure that we are safe. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about the history and how relevant the Green Book was back in the early 30s through the 60s. But I also want to talk about the new Green Book as well. You two have carried the mantle for so long now, and we had to have you on the show to kind of tie that into Black History Month. So the first question I want to ask you two, when did you meet? How did it all come together? <laughs> oh, that goes back a long way, Terrence. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we actually met in church. Yes, we did. Really? Yes. Yeah. We, we uh, met in Guidance Church in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a difference of opinion on how we met. We, we won't go into all that. <laughs> no, there's his, his version and the truth. <laughs> that goes back over 40 years. And yes. so it's, it's history. But of course, I was only three years old, but it was, it, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a godsend blessing. So. We're, we're coming up on our 40th anniversary. Yeah. Wow, 40 years. In a while. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So 40 years, you guys have been married. Uh, when did you decide to pick up the mantle and kind of carry on this long tradition with the Green Book? Well, you know, uh, I actually want to preference our conversation uh, okay. by bringing something to everyone's attention, and especially uh, your generation and younger, uh, who, who just perhaps are hearing about the history of travel, uh, maybe through films like 
Green Book, Green Book mm -hmm. film, which was excellent, or other, or maybe through podcasts like yours. But it, the a lot of people in this country, most citizens, consider the freedom of travel as one of those inalienable rights, like life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. But that has not always been the case for African Americans, as you pointed out, traveling in this country, not too far in the distant past, we were not allowed to stay at hotels, eat at restaurants, use service stations. So it was it was just imperative if you wanted to get from point A to point B and you were driving. And this was an era, by the way, during the 1930s for a number of reasons. One of them was that um, Henry Ford and the Ford company came out with affordable cars. Mm -hmm. And so people were able to buy cars and it made it certainly a lot easier to get from one place to another and travel. And the other part of the uh, equation was that the United States was engaged in a massive highway development uh, project. So all across our country, they were building highways. And of course, on the one hand, this increased employment opportunities, and we don't know it for whom it was always uh, uh, made available, but it was also somewhat disruptive to African-American communities. That's a whole different story, but we, we're seeing this repeated even now uh, that the situation in Houston where there's been challenges to the eminent domain where the Houston city officials are looking to expand their highway and yet it has to run right through an African-American community. So this was a just to give you a backdrop of where we were starting and unfortunately to see that to some extent we're still there. But yes, this, this was a time when travel really began across the country, and yet it was not possible for African Americans to travel safely for those because of those reasons that you and I have just, just uh, uh, spoken about. So Victor Hugo Green, a postal worker in New York, came up with a system. Mm -hmm. And he literally identified and listed places, homes, uh, many times, and in some cases, businesses, like there were motels and hotels that were owned by African-Americans. And so he identified places that were safe where you could get accommodations, restaurants where you could uh, get food. So it became known as the Green Book because it was listings and it was actually across the country. Uh, I believe every state at one time was represented in some of the Green Books. So this is uh, the background for how it started, why it started and the importance of it. So um, if you fast forward uh, to this time when it's not necessary because of our laws now, the way they're structured, everybody has a right mm -hmm. to go to any restaurant, stay at any hotel, use the service stations and all kinds of uh, travel facilities are available to anyone in this country, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because African-Americans are more inclined to look at those places that openly welcome them, invite them and value them. We know that having a new green book system that identifies those kinds of properties and destinations that have that kind of outreach to the American, to African-Americans, including providing them with listings in each destination of African-American owned businesses. So if you wanna find an African-American owned or restaurant or a florist or whatever your needs are, you can certainly access that information through the new green book. It's gonna be an online digital directory that's uh, gonna give you information about traveling any place in the US. So you can just 
know everything you want to know about travel, but in addition, it will provide you with unique listings that relate to the African American heritage and culture. So in a nutshell, that's what the new green book is. Sounds great. And you know, I'm thinking about the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's kind of set a new tone with us, the Black culture, buy Black, support Black, right? So we am, we're now looking for more Black business to do business with. We're finally starting to get it, right? Mm -hmm. So I would think the Green Book would be very pivotal at this moment, because as you mentioned earlier, you're also going to be a lifeline that kind of educates us where these Black businesses are across the country. So I imagine that would be a great motivator to take the new Green Book to the next level, especially when you're talking about digitally and online. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, it's uh, one of the things that's going to have uh, a link to Black Chambers of Commerce throughout the uh, U.S. It's going to have links to organizations like NABHUD, National Association of Black Hotel Owner Operators and Developers, or the uh, Travel Professionals of Color, which are the um, Black travel agents and tour operators. So it's going to be uh, facilitate uh, travelers contacting, you know, whether it's a, a someone to help them with their travel or a place to stay, a restaurant to eat at, where to get there, where to go to church while they're, while they're in transit. Yeah. But it is, it's going to be a guide that's going to be useful for anyone traveling in the United States. So it's not necessarily limited. It's an ad additional component that will allow you to access this information that relates to the African-American heritage and culture. But anybody traveling who wants to get information about going to whatever the destination is in the US, they can access it through the new green book. So it's open for everybody. That is awesome. I kind of want to get you all's opinion. Uh, you had mentioned this earlier, Ms. Chloe, that uh, they did a movie called The Green Book, and it was based around Don Shirley and Tony Lip. And I wanted to get you all's opinion about that movie. Did they get it right, or did maybe they twist some things around, especially for those who are in my generation, maybe a little bit younger, couldn't really identify with the Jim Crow era. We pretty much been taught about it in school, but there was a lot that really went on in that era, you know, that era. So what is your views about that movie? I just want to know, did they get it right or did they get it wrong? <laughs> well, that's a very insightful question, uh, Terrence. And I have been asked that question. We both have many times. First and foremost, it was an extraordinary film because it was about an amazing musician, Dr. Don Shirley and his life. But uh, if you look at it from a perspective of the history of the Green Book, it was a very narrow focus. Most African-Americans, people of color during that time were not traveling with bodyguards or chauffeurs being driven across country. So it was very limiting in its scope in terms of understanding the necessity of the Green Book. I think people got a sense that even at his level, uh, Dr. Shirley still needed to have some type of guide to in terms of protection, knowing where to stay, where he would be safe. Uh, but again, as you are you as you're saying, it does does give you somewhat of a limited vision. During the period of time, I believe from uh, from the uh, first uh, publications in those uh, mid uh, 1930s through the mid 1960s, it's estimated that approximately 15,000 uh, 
uh, guides were printed each year. So if you do the math, you're going to see this 15,000 times about approximately 30 years. It's a lot of books. Most of those people who are using those guides, believe me, did not have chauffeurs and were not uh, right. privileged to have bodyguards. So it was a whole different story for them. It was really uh, life protecting for them to know safe places to go and have accommodations. And um, it, it so the picture, while it was very, uh, I, I believe it was extremely well done. And I think it was uh, an insight into what the Green Book was all about. There's so much of the story, unfortunately, that had not been told and was not told through that film. Yeah, I can imagine because, you know, oftentimes when we think about Jim Crow, we think about racism, segregation, we associated with the South. But when you think about the North and the West, they had what they call was sundown cities and towns, right? After sunset, if you were black, you couldn't be seen in public. So you can imagine just with that being a part of history, how that's really made it difficult for Blacks to travel, to navigate. You get caught in the wrong place, wrong time, you know, you're liable to run into the KKK or fascist cops or any other person that was racist at the time. And I think the Green Book helped us in terms of just navigating around that after the sun went down as well. So it was just a very pivotal tool that you know Mr. Green really developed in the 30s through the 60s, would you say? Exactly. And Solomon's actually had some experience of traveling during that time. He wasn't using the Green Book, but whenever he tells a story, it just uh, is quite amazing to most of us. Yeah, so I, I made the mistake of traveling. Of course, I did it by train. So it's not quite the same as being on the road where you're isolated and you're by yourself. But even on the train, uh, I went down into your neck of the woods, actually to Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm, okay. And uh, I was faced with the colored only drinking fountains in the, in the toilets. And uh, I, I remember going at the, at the uh, train station, I went into a, a store because I wanted to get me some, uh, something to eat on the train. And when I walked in there, it was like out of a movie, you know, all the people looked at me and these old, mostly old white guys sitting in there and they staring at me and, and uh, you know, I felt like if I, anything I touched, I was going to have to pay for. So I, I just looked around for a few minutes and I, and I turned around and went back out and I didn't, I didn't buy anything. I didn't touch anything because uh, just, you know, coming from New York, it was just a different, it was just a culture shock for me. I mean, I had... Like everybody else, I'd read about it. I'd seen it, you know, in the news. Uh, but it's it's something else when you when you face it, you know, uh, in person. And so uh, that green book, believe me, that was a, a life saving tool for people who were traveling by themselves on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. And, and, yes, and again, going forward, I, as I say now, there. Why the reason we say this. New Green Book is essential is because African-Americans, and I think you, you implied this as well, Terrence, we're looking, we're much more sophisticated and especially your generation, we're so proud of all of you to understand that your dollars count. And so while the historic Green Book was what I call a book of commerce, because remember that because you were limited or African-Americans were limited in where they could stay, where they could eat, what, what uh, services they could uh, access, you were guided to 
those kinds of businesses that happen to be owned by African-Americans. So as a result of that, there's a revenue stream coming into uh, black and, and uh, uh, communities of color that had not been uh, realized before. And as soon as our laws change, and you could go to any hotel and you could eat at any restaurant, then those businesses unfortunately did suffer. But I think now we have the perfect opportunity to get that bridge. You can still go to any place you wanna go. You can stay anywhere you wanna go, uh, stay. But at the same time, you can make a difference for those African-American owned businesses and, and communities of color to have economic impact by selecting, maybe looking at that um, new green book um, adjunct that's going to tell you everything there is to offer in, in your city. I think you're in, are you in Charlotte? Are you in Charlotte? I'm actually in Raleigh, which is about two hours from Charlotte. Okay. Well, everybody wants to go to Raleigh, North Carolina. I know you guys have so much to offer in that area. Um, so we definitely want to take advantage of that and, and make that information available. But in addition, there's probably some history there. There's probably some culture there. There might be a museum. There might be uh, a, fest, a cultural festival. Uh, there might be some interesting activity that's going on that relates to the African-American community. So this is the adjunct that you will get, which makes the new Green Book unique and special in that way. Definitely anybody can get all the travel information they want about Raleigh, um, but you can also find something about the African-American community history, what's going on there in Raleigh. Sounds good. And then I have two more questions. Um, I will leave with this question. In your heart, when did you when did you two decide that you were going to carry the mantle? You were going to pick up the mantle and you were going to keep the green book relevant, right? Because between us, there are so many generations in between us, right? You have my mother's you know, generations, then you have her parents' generations and so on. And so we're talking about since the 30s through the 60s, right, to date. So when did you know that it was going to be you that's going to pick up this mantle and take it into the future? Well, you know, back in 1990, we actually started a travel magazine. Uh, called the Black Convention. And um, we saw the, the great need in, in our community and in, in our industry, because there were, uh, back in, at that time, there was uh, only one African-American who was heading a convention of visitors bureau. That was Melvin Tennant in Oakland, California. There was, there were, at that time, there were maybe 500 or so convention of visitors bureaus. He was the only black person running a bureau. And so we saw the need for our, our community and our, our market segment to really get some attention and get acknowledged for the work that they do. So that, that is how we got started in travel with, with that magazine. That magazine was short-lived because I, had a, I didn't have my, my real partner. I had, I had a, a business partner. And after about two years, we, we, called, we went our separate ways because it just wasn't the right person. And, and Gloria came to my rescue and and uh, we founded Black Meetings and Tourism in 1993. And uh, because of the need and the, and the, and the, uh, the need that, it, that the magazine fills, we realized that there's much more that we could, we could do and we can't do it all with the magazine. You know, we reach a certain segment, you know, ours is a trade publication. So we get to people who work in the industry 
travel agents and tour operators and people who are, own hotels and work in hotels and work at convention and visitor bureaus. But the larger travel community, uh, we weren't really touching them. And we saw how important this was. And we saw how what even our little small publication during the last uh, 30 years or so, we've had such a major impact on this industry. We felt that going with the Green Book and, and carrying on that tradition, we could have a much larger and broader uh, impact on our community and, and, uh, on, and, and as people travel to really to get to understand and appreciate and experience the culture of African-Americans. Yeah. And you know, actually, Clarence, basically, we're storytellers, we're journalists, and we tell stories. And we knew, as Solomon said, that just every place we travel, there was a story within the story that was fascinating to us. Every destination in this country has some African-American history or culture, every place. So it was really a part of our mission to look for those stories. But it wasn't until we were able to identify some wonderful partners who are working with us now, Merck Work, a wonderful company, a veteran-owned company out of Philadelphia, and KKD, a company based in um, Virginia. We're, we're, they're coming to, to our rescue, I guess you could say, because they're making this story come alive. They're, they're showing us how and making it possible uh, for this to be an accessible tool where you and anybody else traveling can get the full benefit of all the information you need to know traveling any place, but also get to know the stories that we think are so important to tell. And if I could just show, show you, some of you may be familiar with the Green Book, but uh, it, I'm going to give you our website for the, our, our new, I mentioned Merck Work, our partners and KKD and Black Meetings and Tourism. We've come together to form an LLC. It's the new Green Book for Travel, or take out the the, new Green Book for Travel, LLC. And our website is new Green Book for Travel. That's for F-O-R travel.com. So if you go on there, uh, your audience can take a look at, at the developments. This is in the works. We're projecting uh, to have a soft uh, maybe rollout uh, early in the or late spring. Maybe and we're looking at my city of Miami has been very gracious enough to invite us to do our, a soft rollout there. And then maybe we'll be doing a hard launch of the actual platform. So anybody you'll be will be making a big media um, blitz about that. So definitely your audience is going to know about it, but go online now. And by the way, when you do that, please feel free to take a survey, take advantage of this opportunity because uh, you could win, uh, participate in a drawing. And if you, if you win, you get to come to Miami when we do the rollout. Um, so it might be a great opportunity, but it's it will also be uh, important for you to follow the information about the development of the new green book through an e-newsletter, which is going to tie into Black Meetings and Tourism's e-newsletter. E but all these things are on that website, newgreenbookfortravel.com. So take a look and enter the survey. Hope you win, Terrence. New Green Book <laughs> for, for Travel.com. Travel. Yeah. I come. <laughs> Awesome. I plan to be there in Miami, just so you know, whether All I win right. or not. You definitely uh, that is a momentous occasion. Uh, need to be present to witness something like that. 
Uh, it's just awesome. And you just pretty much answered my last question. Uh, five to 10 years from now, where do you see the new Green Book? Growing, <laughs> expanding, yes. I, I think it will become a, a, a major tool for people who, as they travel, want to experience, uh, you know, not only have the, the accessibility to all the information that they need about traveling wherever they're going, but also to be able to experience the African-American experience during their travels. Absolutely. It's awesome. a growing audience, a growing audience for this. Awesome. Yeah, I would say between the Black Matters or what is it called, the Black uh, Lives Matter, Lives Matter yeah. and then just with COVID, you know, people are really being tired of sitting home. <laughs> they want to get out. They want to see some places. And then we also have the Great Resignation. You know, we have people not going back into corporate America, starting their own businesses. Right. Many of them are traveling, working from different places throughout the country. So I would imagine that tourism has really picked up just from those categories alone, would you say? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. And, definitely. And, and because of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, a lot, a lot of destinations now that were kind of ignoring the African-American market segment before are taking notice of it now. And uh, things aren't still what they need to be. Uh, the research that we've done, less than 4% of destinations throughout the U.S. advertise with Black media. But that's starting to change now. P people are starting to take notice of the, and realize that there's a, not, not just because of the, uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter and the injustice, but that, you know, once that got their attention, they started seeing the dollars that African-Americans spend. And so they think it's, you know, maybe not doing it for the right reasons, but they're looking to following the money that, and, and they're, they're looking to tap into this um, billions and billions of dollars that African-Americans spend every year. The uh, recent study by MMGY, I believe it says it's $109.4 billion is spent leisure by leisure travelers, African-American leisure travelers. And we've done some research and easily can tack on another 10 to $12 billion for conferences and conventions every year. So that's a, a sizable market segment. And I think that those figures are still very conservative. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to acknowledge that you guys were recently awarded. Uh, I believe you went to Philadelphia <laughs> University, acknowledged you for your uh, commitment to Black tourism and hospitality. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, yes, uh, Terrence, we were very honored uh, to be recognized at Temple University uh, for, for, well, I guess sticking it out for this number of years, over 30 years <laughs> hanging in there. But I think as Solomon says, bringing that message, and it really has become a, a labor of love that we realize that, again, that there's a story there to be told. And it, it's something that we've always done, African-Americans have always done, we've always had to share this, uh, our knowledge and our experiences. And so um, it was it was just a pleasure that um, could be honored by Temple University for having done that for these number of years. And, and also they recognize the potential and the uh, great promise that the new Green Book has to continue that. So we're, we're happy to know that the story goes on 
And uh, we think it's in good hands with people like you and others who are, who are going to keep it alive. Well, on behalf of the Urban Parlay and my co-host, Sandra, um, again, unfortunately, guys, she was not with us tonight, but she's here in spirit. We just want to thank you for everything that you've done. I mean, you really champion the cause, keeping the Green Book relevant. And we as Black people, we have to understand our history. Um, I understand things might have evolved in other areas, right? But we still have some challenges. We can't forget. And so I'm thankful personally that one, that you stood the test because I can imagine you had some struggles trying to keep the Green Book relevant for a little bit, but you kept going, you, you grabbed the mantle and you grew it and look at where it's going today. So I'm very excited for you guys. Whatever you guys get from this point on is well-deserved. I can't think of anybody else who should get these type of acknowledgements, but it just does my soul proud. I'm pretty sure our listeners and people that's gonna view this is if they didn't know about the Green Book before, they're definitely gonna go and do some digging now uh, because it was very relevant to our culture again, back in the 30s and the 60s. So I just want to thank you two again for just spending some time with us. And again, guys, make sure you go to that new Green Book website. Follow them. Look at what they're doing. And trust me, you're going to be impressed. And hopefully you'll be with me in Miami when they roll out their All new right. product. I'm definitely going to be there. All right. <laughs> okay. Right. We're looking forward to it, Terrence. Well, thank you so much inviting us yes been a pleasure and our best regards to sandra as well just get keep getting better sandra we'll see you next time <laughs> absolutely where herbert family again it's been great you guys were all stars i'm so thankful to have you on the show and i'm looking forward to seeing you soon okay we'll do thank that you. thank you terrence all right guys well until next time we're going to be right back here again in a couple of weeks Continue to follow us. There's been a wonderful Black History Month and we end it on a high note with the new Green Book. So again, thank you for joining us guys and we'll see you soon. Signing out, take care. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay Podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. with the tribe right here on the urban palais